So my original intention for this episode was to feature lots of clips from uh, the Wachowski movies because there's a lot of really ridiculous moments that we reference. Uh, but for some reason, I can't get the clips. It's nothing's working. So enjoy the show without the clips. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and this week we are covering the Wachowski films. Uh, there's not as many as I thought there were. Uh, which makes this even better. Sean has joined me again because you are probably the biggest Wachowski fan that I know. I love them. Love them. Yeah. They can do no wrong. That is an interesting statement. Uh, before we get to that, though, because there's there's a lot to talk about with their movies, uh, I did want to say how just heartbroken I've been this week um, with the passing of Norm MacDonald. And I, I'm sure you have been as well. Huge loss of the community, the comedy community at large. He's a great talent. Has always been great. My favorite delivery. Just a great, seemed like a great guy. Very likable. Very sad. Yeah, I watched I watched Dirty Work the day he died, like right after I found out. And I'd only ever seen that one time. Really? That's kind of sad. It's a great movie. It's got Farley in it. It's got Artie Lang in it. See, I so didn't like funny. it at the time. I <sighs> I know. I like, and but you know what? I don't like, I, I like Norm MacDonald. Uh, from like Saturday Night Live, but I don't think I really fully got his I don't really give a shit sense of humor quite at that point. And so like when that movie came out, it was from the, the people that made Billy Madison. And, you know, it, coming from that and then you get Dirty Work, which is totally a different experience altogether. But I laughed the entire time I watched it this last time. It's so funny. Farley is so funny as always, of course. I remember the Farley quotes probably more than I remember the Norm MacDonald quotes, but the one I remember the most is, I've never seen so many trunks full of dead hookers before. Yeah. And that guy's I, deadpans, Lord knows I have. But yeah, it was real disappointing. Luckily, there's YouTube and uh, like Peacock's got some different SNL sketches that you can watch of his and uh yeah. so funny such a loss it is i used to when i used to listen to the adam carolla show when it was a terrestrial radio he was on there all the time and one one year he filled in for adam on the christmas special where they recap all the clips of the year the best clips and have like awards they call them the ace awards mm-hmm. that was like my funny, favorite show of the year with norm even filling in for adam on his own show like i preferred that episode <laughs> for the entire year more than the rest <laughs> of the season with with adam so but yeah. yeah, that was that was a big disappointment. Uh, one thing that wasn't was in the past week, we have gotten the trailer for The Matrix Resurrections. Got me wanting to watch uh, the movies again. So I've watched all of The Matrix movies. I have watched the first 15 minutes of Jupiter Ascending. I've watched Bound. I got through Cloud Atlas today somehow. And uh, the only one I didn't, I haven't rewatched Speed Racer, but I did in the last year. So I feel like that's that's good enough. Um <laughs> I think but, Speed Racer once a year is good enough for anyone. I mean, that's that, really good. Their Might career, be exceeding expectations. Their career is just, you really don't know where it's going at, at any given point. I mean, it, it, you, you've not seen Bound, correct? Correct. That's the only one. The first one that I, I didn't discover them until The Matrix, unfortunately. And it's hard to find where that is streaming. I'm, I should just rent it straight up, but I haven't. Uh, Bound is on Paramount. Do you have Paramount Plus? No. No, I don't. Well, I don't have is. the cock and I don't have uh, Paramount. Those are the two I don't. I have every other service 
that seems like I don't have Pluto, but I've got the. Oh, others. that's true. I we have it. It's the weirdest thing. Like they literally have a Baywatch channel, <laughs> and I watched one episode, and all it is is David Hasselhoff falling out of a helicopter, and it was definitely worth the price of admission. <laughs> oh man, I guess was, I haven't watched a Baywatch in my life. Apparently, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I watched. I watched Bound the other day. The only thing I knew of Bound was that uh, Jennifer Tilly was is a lesbian with uh, Gina Gershon. And I have seen clips from that movie. Of course. I'll, ju- I'll just leave it at that. I've, I've seen just a few scenes from that movie. And that's all I really knew about the movie. Um, it is legit a great movie. Okay. Joey know- Pants is in it. Yeah, so that's what I, saying. I, I know Joey Pants is in it. And I love Joey Pants. I could watch Joe Pal- Palantonio and how do you say his name? Palatonio? Palantonio. I just died with Pants. Joey Pants. I love Joey Pants. So all the things that I knew about the movie literally happened in the first 25 minutes. And basically these two women kind of fall in love with each other. There's some fairly graphic scenes, uh, but they're very, very quick. And mm-hmm. Jennifer Tilly is married. or She's not really married, but she's with Joey Pants, who's part of the mob. And through circumstances, they have $2 million in their house or in their apartment. And, and Jennifer Tilly gets this plot, this scheme to steal the money. And her and Gina Grishon are going to run off together. They formulate this really great plan. And of course, things don't go to plan. But it is a very brutal film noir that I uh, am kind of bummed I haven't watched before because it was really, really good. It sounds and, like I should just blind buy that, a copy, a DVD, a Blu-ray, if I can find it, <laughs> add it to the collection, add it to the wheelhouse. I'll take your word. I, I really think you'd like it. It's it's good stuff. Um, Chris Maloney's in it. He's kind of a piece of shit, um mobster guy who makes Joey Pants paranoid, or they kind of make him paranoid of, of the other guy, and a lot of miscommunications, you know, classic uh, tropes of stuff like that people don't have all the information and then jump to conclusions and there's going to be blood everywhere. It's uh pretty intense. Like I, I was pretty into it and Shauna came in and she goes, Oh, is this that, uh, is this that dirty movie? I'm like, it's not dirty. Like, that's what I thought too. It's so much more than that, but yes, yeah. it's a little not clean in the beginning. That, well, that's what it seems to be. That's, that's fortunate when that happens when movies take, yeah. get reputation where it's like, Oh, there's something naughty happening and that's what it's known for. And it's actually a really good movie. And the fact that it happens all in the first 25 minutes and then it's just straight up amazing movie. Uh, I was like, wow, this completely threw me off. And then when I realized, wait, if this was 96, that can only mean the Matrix was next. And then that blew me away because I'm like, how did they go from this pretty not standard? I mean, because it was two women uh, sneaking around with each other and the studio wanted it to switch it to Gina Grishan's character to actually be a man. And the child's mm-hmm. like, no, we've seen that a billion times. Why would we do that? It, it's going to stay women. And it, 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 a story that's pretty unique. And then you go to the Matrix, which is just the Matrix. Mind blowing. Yeah. And I loved this movie. I, I saw it on DVD first. I didn't see it in the theater. Um, I remember this was one of the first, like, if you own a DVD player, you need the Matrix. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It was a showpiece. When I worked at Kmart that first Christmas, we only sold The Matrix. That seemed like it was the only that we only had like a million copies of The Matrix in the snap case, Warner Brothers DVD, and they were just flying off the shelf nonstop. It, we couldn't keep it in stock. As a collector, what are your thoughts on the snap cases? I like the snap cases. I have quite a few of the snap cases, but I just have been upgrading my collection so much to Blu-ray and then 4K. Like The Matrix is a movie that I have bought three times. Sorry, 
four times. You know, I bought it on VHS, bought DVD, bought Blu-ray, and then I bought 4K. Nice. Maybe I'm a sucker. Damn it, I love the, that movie. Old trilogy, actually. I love them all. I didn't, I didn't, uh, with the snap cases, that was, that was a Warner Brothers only thing. And right. uh, I, I hated it because they never fit perfectly on the shelf. It threw everything off because of that, like, lip. Yeah, on the back. Drove me nuts. I had a copy of The Shining and it got wet and like the cardboard, like it shrunk. Like DVDs, you know, oh, nowadays yeah, yeah. have like the plastic cover over them. Well, this is like pretty much cardboard. So yeah, if you get them wet at all, they just it's over. Up. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, The Matrix. I remember Three Kings being another big seller at the same time yep. in DVD. Like I had that as well. Um, but like, I really enjoyed. I think I was actually messaging you while I was watching The Matrix because I watched The Matrix separate from everything else because I kind of feel like you should. Like I don't know that this is really a trilogy that you need to watch. One, two, three. I think two, three for sure. But you can have your own special, the original Matrix day, and it's not going to bother anybody. Like, it's so good. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that I can watch the original Matrix. It's in my regular rotation. Like, I find myself watching it. It seems like monthly, if not weekly. Like, and I can watch the whole thing, you know, front to back. The sequels are good in certain areas. I can watch certain scenes over and over again in two and yeah. three, but I don't watch them front to back like I do with The Matrix, with the original one. Um, and then I'll say they're not bad movies. I think they've gotten better with age, personally. The first I one? think there was kind of a backlash at the beginning. You know, they're, they're yeah. too weird. They're too out there. There's too many dance scenes, which I still agree with. A little too much of the danciness. I think it gets better with age. I think it's aged well. And I think with the fourth one coming out, I think it's going to look even, they're going to look even better. I do think they age well. I th- But I think in also another way, they don't. I, it's There's one of the issues I was having watching just The Matrix was every time it takes itself so seriously, I laugh my ass off. Like it, I just, I crack up at it and I can't help it. But I think, it, I don't think it's the movie's fault necessarily. I think it's that it was so parodied over and over again for like since its release and i think i'd I'd seen it all so done so many times that i I kind of this time watching it i noticed it a little bit more and i kind of laughed at it more than i remember but i do genuinely love the matrix that's one of the things i love about is how seriously it takes itself and how you know they're all believing and (laughs) he is the one you know it's there's a lot of gravitas behind it and i feel like it's still i still buy into it because i'm a kid at heart yeah. But I will say I agree that the parodies got a little excessive. The action inspiration, you know, the bullet time and the music, yeah. the techno music and all that, that got a little old after the first you know, wannabe Matrix movies that came out. Mm. But there's a few that aren't bad. I mean, Equilibrium is not a bad movie. I think that was... No, I like it. that one a lot. When everybody comes just gun blazing out and they're in their pleather outfits and everything, and I'm just... <laughs> That's more so in the sequels, but I don't know. I just, I was giggling so much. It is my favorite Wachowski movie by far. And I think that I quote it also on a weekly basis. Like it's still this part of it that I think of it all the time. Like I can't see a black cat and not, you know, make a, a reference to the matrix. Like, Oh, is it, oh, is yeah. it a different cat? Or is it the same cat? Happens when they change something. For sure. Yeah. And uh, out of all the scenes that involve eating in movies, whatever Joey Pants is eating, whatever that steak roast, whatever it was, I want it. It looks so good. Yeah. Yeah, If that's the Matrix, keep me plugged in. I don't need I don't need that weird other world. That seems very (laughs) difficult. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. I understand Cypher's motivation, especially living through these times. I understand it. 
That's another thing you brought up that's interesting, like the sound. The production design on that movie is like the best production design ever made. The sounds, the images, yeah, it's perfect for like a second movie. Like you said, their first like big budget movie. There was so much attention to detail paid to every aspect of that movie, visually and audibly and everything. I just I can't get over how perfect it looks and sounds. That green filter over everything, just brilliant. But that's just like my opinion, man. That and the look of the movie was so distinct. I mean, it had a bit of a Blade Runner feel at times, but like mm-hmm. I, I liked how it seemed so very much reality. And then you go to the Matrix and it's like this kind of purplish look to it. And then when you realize oh, reality is all kind of green. Like, they really did a good job of spreading that out. And I always, I found that interesting, too, when they got to the DVDs, how the Matrix DVD is still fairly, like, kind of purple. It has, like, a kind of a look of the real world, quote-unquote, and then uh, Reloaded and Revolutions. I, I never remember the third movie's name. I never remember <laughs> Revolutions. Um, that one also is, like, super green. It's, like, as green as my room is right now. Well, that's thing, and now you got the fourth one with another R title in it to remember. Resurrection, Resurrections. I go back and forth with that as well. Uh, they didn't make that as easy as they could have, but we'll make do with it. I'm just happy there's another Matrix movie coming out. I'm excited by the trailer. I'm excited too. Um, the trailer got me really excited. However, I really, I really hate the name. That is, I mean, could they have gotten more generic with that title? <laughs> Yeah, besides the other R. Yeah, no, that's exactly what you would think it would be if you had asked nine out of ten people what they think that like the series. What would you think the next one would be called? Resurrection. There's so I'm I mean, there's so many movies that have resurrection in it. Like off the top of my head, not a good choice. Halloween resurrection. Alien horrible resurrection. movie. Alien resurrection. Not good. Oh yeah. See? These are not good. This is this is not a good uh, trend. But uh yeah, and then so this weekend I jumped into the sequels. I still got excited during the action of Matrix Reloaded, and I just like how it continues the story that really doesn't need continued. That was the one thing I really got, again, finishing the first Matrix movie. Like, this could have been the end, and it would have been perfect. Yeah, I think so. I think they could have done it that way, but there was too much money to be made and so much excitement to make the sequel for them. I mean, for the Wachowskis to have their movie hit and hit so big at the box office, they couldn't not make another one there was no way they were not going to make another one based on all the success and everything i'm sure they were top of the world i mean that movie was a monster so you had to do a sequel and you had to and they wanted to make the other one you know the same time maybe it suffered a little because of that but the movie itself still has a lot of fun in it there's still a lot of the same action a lot of the same twists and turns there's that little you know twist with the supernatural like oh vampires are are around the old programs you know that have been vanquished that are still lurking around weird things like that um i remember back in 2003 uh there was always the huge talk of the the big highway chase being like the big action set piece in the movie and i was the guy that was like terminator 3 is better (laughs) <laughs> Terminator 3's highway chase is way better than stupid Matrix. I uh, would just like to say in 2021, I disagree. That's I think good. the Matrix did it a lot better. Yeah. I mean, that Terminator 3 one, they had that giant cement mixer or whatever they flipped over to crane truck or whatever. It was a crane, I think, the truck flipped over, and now they've done that repeatedly. But yeah, it just keeps I, I happening. I like the Matrix one with the sword, with Morpheus taking a sword to a Escalade. I mean, that was pretty cool. There's so much guy. Posing in the Matrix Reloaded, <laughs> I was. They pose way more than Spider Man or any of the Marvel heroes. 
let them do it. They're pretty much superheroes. I mean, they're doing they superhero things. I like the expanding world in that one. But the thing, the thing that I didn't like, and I remember not liking it way back when, is when you get to the end of Reloaded, it is 100% the middle chapter. And like you have to get to the next movie because it's not complete at all without the second one or the third one. And the third one, I actually, this time I didn't mind it as bad as I usually do. Like I, I really, I, I was in, I was invested into it. I don't know if it was that I was in bed at four in the morning with headphones on watching it. Something about that viewing. I was like, you know what? Maybe I've been wrong. Maybe this one's better than, than I I've been thinking this whole time. It's pretty good. I mean, it picks up right after the second one left off and that second one, you know, reloaded was definitely the middle of the trilogy with the dark ending you know what's gonna happen and where's neo and you know bane is out there well smith as bane you know is out there doing yeah smith is starting to invade everybody and Mm -hmm. um we get i mean can't talk about matrix reloaded without talking about the architect of the matrix (laughs) you you almost skipped right over the best part of the movie dude i just tried to rewatch that on youtube i couldn't even finish it it's just so much exposition with giant words that no person would ever say but i thought i found it so interesting what it was fleshing out like the past that we didn't know you know the right, previous yeah. alliterations of the matrix and all that so there was like value there but yeah it was pretty pretentious and obviously parodied by will ferrell rightly so perfectly at movie awards yeah perfect parody and so funny but i like well, that how much i've explained like i still watch that scene from time to time if i'm skipping around that's part of one of the scenes that i will watch over mm-hmm. and over again because it's interesting to me but a little blowhardy yeah well and you'd love like the him being super robotic talking and then neo also being the exact same way all those other versions of neo reacting i want to know those neos the one that's like and like giving the finger and stuff like that i'm like who's this guy i want to know this neo i want to neo v1 you want yeah average guy that loses cool in the matrix that neo that might be what we're getting who knows well i mean no one really knows exactly what this new one is do you want to hear my theory on what the new matrix is do you want to hear it i do but i want to ask you a question first okay when you watch the architect scene and he turns around and is like hello neo do you think it sounds like he's saying neil (laughs) you will now watch it to listen every time it's like i feel like he's going hello neo (laughs) I'll get back to you on that. It sounds like hello Neo to me, but that's that's all right. I'm ready for your theory. All right. My theory is this. My theory is that Thomas Anderson in the new matrix, you know, after it was uh, reloaded, no revolutioned. Yeah. uh, After the revolution, they put Neo back in there and he becomes a famous actor, Thomas Anderson, who stars in a little movie called the matrix. Ooh. So then when he's like confused and lost, it's because he thinks he's living in the Matrix in the movie that he starred in. And that's why at the very end of the movie, when his the guy says, well, our, well, let's go back to where it all started, back to the Matrix. I feel like that's his agent, you know, like his Hollywood agent who is going to turn out to be the new agent Smith. That's my theory. You might be onto something. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I want to be surprised. Like I really, I think we've talked about this, you know, offline. And I think that this, I really hope this is like the one big trailer that they release. Hope if they release any other teasers, they're shorter. Yeah. Or... I don't want to see any more. I know. I I'm very curious what the whole Morpheus situation is or is not in the movie. Like that's yeah. what I'm really fascinated by. Well, because they um, don't say it in the trailer. Like the actor said it afterwards. Like he confirmed, yes, he's Morpheus. So it's like, what does that mean? Why is he somebody different? 
Right. And again, that's a, could be another theory. Like we're, they're in different avatars now, you know, different bodies. Yeah. Like Neo might even not even look like Neo. He might look like some random dude, but have Why like, everything seen... tastes like chicken because the matrix says it's so. That's exactly <laughs> it, it's funny. That stupid line from that first movie that goes through the entire trilogy. Like anytime somebody wants answers, you literally get reasons. They just because it that's because of this you'll find out later but i just felt like they kept saying all these big things but really it was always like it's because it's supposed to happen that's it you've gotten so jaded you make me so sad with this you should just just embrace the spectacle suspend disbelief live in the now man just have fun going on to something completely different what was the wachowski's next movie speed racer (laughs) what is happening how do they choose the movies? I feel like Warner Brothers, they built so much goodwill and box office money off of The Matrix that Warner Brothers like, here's a dump truck full of money. What property do you want to remake? What's in your wheelhouse? And they said, oh, we definitely want to do Speed Race. And they're like, okay, here's $100 million. Go to Germany. Make it. And that's what they it, did. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a movie. It a, looks amazing. I love the way it looks. It does. I, I've said on this podcast many times, if man, if something's brightly lit and there's a lot of colors like it just gets my attention and i don't know how you so perfectly make an anime into live action other than that i mean it is it is speed racer but live action it's crazy they captured the look that's again this is again their skills their visual set their production designer i don't know I, i guess i should research i don't know if they use the same production designer but just whoever is doing that is a brilliant genius. I mean, it looks yeah. fantastic. The plot I, mean, of the movie, I think that's movie why itself, I like their movies. Yeah, because yeah. they look beautiful. Because I, I can't say Speed Racer overall is great. I, oddly, I bought it after I watched that movie that came out last year with Christian Bale and Matt Damon. That racing one, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, Ferrari, yeah. Because the cars kind of looked like Speed Racer's car. So <laughs> I bought Speed Racer. And I do enjoy it. Like, it's a live-action cartoon. I think I like it for the same reason I like... Like, I can't say I like the Flintstones movie, but oh, man. I appreciate it enough of, like, that's what I would expect from it, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty much... I mean, I had low expectations. Again, I did not... I was not a Speed Racer fan. I think I pretended to be so I could be cool with, like, the Adult Swim crowd when I was younger. I remember watching it at your house when we were kids. Yeah, and I, it never really did it for me. I think I yeah. was just doing it to be, like, cool. Like, oh, everyone likes this, and he's on t- speeds on T-shirts everywhere, and this looks so nifty. And Yeah, and MTV was playing yeah. it, so it had to be cool. Right. Yeah, and then the movie. I mean, I did not pretend that I liked the movie for because no one saw it. No one wanted to be cool yeah. like that anymore. But again, I'll rewatch it. And I like the cast. I think John Goodman is really entertaining as always. He's fine in it. Yeah, like everybody's <laughs> fine in it. Emil Hirsch, I don't know if he really was the right guy to play Speed. I, I didn't get so. Speed with him. Yeah, that was the only one. Mm-hmm. I like Christina Ricci in it. At a completely yep. different, like, as far from Wednesday Adams as you could possibly get. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that we need to spend too much more time talking about uh, Speed Racer because, boy... We got a big one to talk about now. I've rewatched Cloud Atlas for the first time since being oh, I love very it. confused the first time. And uh, one sitting, got through it. And at the end, I still had the thought of, what the f*** did I just watch? Um, but I liked it a lot more. Good. There's a lot of great stuff. I mean, Tom Hanks is in it. He does no wrong. He can do no wrong. No. It's Tom I, Hanks. It, I just, 
it's so long. They're so committed. Everyone is so committed to what they're yeah. doing with all the different roles and all the different makeup. And, you know, I know there's a little slight backlash out there with people playing other races and things like that. And I don't want to speak to that. But I think the people acting in the roles did the best work that they could possible. And I didn't feel like it was caricatures or anything like that. I think they were genuinely trying to act and, and do some great storytelling. And I feel like they did. It's choppy. It's hard to follow, but it's epic when you put it all together. And there's a couple stories, you know, that stand out for me that I really enjoy. The, I really love Tom Hanks as the um, Dusty Hoggins, the the author. You okay. Know, yeah, yeah. That writes the book. And then, yeah, Cavendish. Yeah. The ghastly ordeal of Cavendish is like my favorite story of the whole thing with the old people. Like that makes me feel so good. That is such a feel good story when they, when they break out. It, it reminded me, me so of uh, amazing stories. It, it reminded me of like, it reminds me of an old amazing stories or yeah. <laughs> twilight zone. Or it was one of those, like there was something like, I really like what I thought about it this time is like to see them Linear. all together at the same time. Like not, not all spliced, which I get why they did it narratively. It makes sense, but sort of like, uh, when they re-released the special edition of Sin City, you could watch the chapters, their own stories mm-hmm. all in one shot. And I'm like, I would love to watch all of these because I'm interested in all of them. And and you're right. The actors do an amazing job. Everyone is so committed to it, even when it is very awkward, um, especially in the future Korean world, mm-hmm. when very clearly not Asian people. <laughs> It reminded yeah. me of old Star Trek and old stuff from back then when you would have coverings over the eyes. It it was very strange, but I kind of got the style they're going for. And then when literally everybody else is swapping races and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, if everybody's doing it and it's not a big deal, let's go for it. But I was a little thrown off by that. I kind of had forgotten that was a thing in the movie. Yeah, you have to you have to buy in again, kind of like to the Matrix. You have to buy in wholly. And suspend all disbelief, but it is difficult, especially in these, you know, in these sensitive times, you got to be cognizant of it. So it's it's unavoidable, uh, even if you try to suspend all disbelief. But I just feel like they weren't they did the best performances that they could with some questionable material. Now, I'll just say that I liked the future space, the Korean stuff. Um, I thought that was good um, with the clones. I yeah. I was interested in that. I was interested in um, the piano or the the musicians. I liked that mm-hmm. storyline. There's so many names. I don't remember anybody's name anymore. I, I liked a handful of them. I liked the like the 70s detective uh, Halle Berry version. And then it took some growing on me with like the olden days one. And then like in the apocalyptic world that yeah. there's so much going on in that part that I was like, I'm a little confused of what's happening again. There is. There's a lot going on there. Um, for me, Hugo Weaving steals the show in that part when he's old Georgie, the that devil hallucination that tom hanks sees like i again i got like kind of goosebumps like he's so creepy and convincing in that role whispering and things like that i like him as a nerd yeah as a nurse i was gonna say my second favorite role that he had when he was the nurse like so funny like so convincing again now he has experience (laughs) you know and dressing up as as a woman being in uh what was it priscilla queen of the desert was that the one that yeah i think so when yeah when when he came out i was like oh my god nurse dopes didn't see this coming. So scary, too. Even just as scary as the de- as the devil. Like, just terrifying. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's, a lot of, there's good stuff in it. it but it is a, it's a difficult watch, I think. If you think it's a difficult watch, I dare you to try to read the book. Because that was the hardest book that I've ever read in my entire life. Because 
they don't introduce like in the movie they don't introduce like titles of what time it is or what year it is or where it is okay they just start speaking in the languages based oh that would probably the dialogue yeah and you have to like put it together uh, it was challenging but a really good book really really great book and i loved it i love the movie and i love the Petrovskis, obviously but so do, do, do you think it was a good adaption i think so from what i can remember because i wouldn't have think it, i wouldn't have thought it was filmable to to put yeah. it to, on on screen how difficult it was to read and, and obviously to write i can't imagine writing it we should also mention that uh tom twyler was the third director on that as well yeah he a, did um he did point. the he did the ones I liked. Ben Wishaw, I think. He was the, yeah. he was the guy that shoots himself in the beginning. I liked his story a lot. Um, I liked Halle Berry's. And then I liked the um, the one where Tom Hanks is the British guy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And that accent. Like, he does yeah. it. And it's so funny. Like, again, and this is the attention to detail that I love about the Wachowskis and, and their movies is, like, the fingers. When he points with his fingers and he has these two giant, fat, stubby fingers. Like, obviously prosthetics, I think. But just oh, that yeah. little attention to details, like that is brilliant. Like they're just going all the way in, right to well, the cuticles. Speaking of the prosthetics, what do you think of it in the movie? The overall use of prosthetics, or I, just like how did you think it looked? Because I thought it was kind of hit and miss. It was, it was hit, hit or miss. Like there was, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and sometimes it was just very off-putting. Like I can't think of the character's name, but the uh, so, no, not Soul Somni. Somni, when she is an English yeah. woman, that made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> and I tried to, it, by that point, you're like seven hours into the movie. So you're, you're in, but she's going for it, man. They all yeah, do. They were fearless in it. They filmed this movie. I don't know what they thought about it. They were like, this is going to be box office gold. Or if they knew it was going to bomb, I, I'm not sure what kind of movie they knew they were making, but I, I still think it's a beautiful film and I enjoy it to the end of time. That's what I like about their movies. They're they're just visually stunning. And whether they're always that good or not, or some stuff's good. That's the thing. I think there's some stuff great in all of them. Mm-hmm. And other things that are like, I don't know that I quite understand where we're going with this, but why not? Um, <laughs> speaking of Jupiter Ascending, the last film that they made, we saw in theaters together back when that was a thing. Oh, feels like a million years ago. And uh, I remember in the theater thinking, this is going two different ways for us. I'm enjoying how really weird and not very good this movie is. And I think Sean's taking it the other direction. Uh, not a fan. Not not a fan overall. Like, I just, not even for like, so bad it's good. I think, and now my, my perspective has changed. And I think it is so bad that it's good. But like Eddie Redmayne, he's doing... Whatever Eddie, Eddie Redmayne is doing there. I remember there was like a petition like because he did that the same year he won the Oscar. Yeah. And they're like, take away his Oscar. You can't be that bad after being that good. This does not how the universe works. It is baffling his performance in that movie. Horrible. Like it is. I can't even I'm going to have to play a clip because I can't do it justice. I don't think anybody could do that voice like he does it. It's just a quiet. You can barely hear it to screaming at the top of my lungs. Mila Kunis owns the earth is, is the thing. There's bee people. There's creatures all over. Um, Channing Tatum's a laser dog. skate wearing dog, man. <laughs> and that right there, you are either in or out. You have made your choice. If you, if you're in line with that, 
the rest of the movie is just cream cheese. <laughs> so nuts. Like, yeah, skateboarding dog, man. And that's like peak. That was peak Channing Tatum right there. Like, they got him into that movie. I'm yeah. sure he was like, Wachowski, sign me up. Whatever you want me to do. Uh-huh. They're like, dog, man, leather. Okay, I'm uh, in. I, I like it. Let's go. Let's see where it goes. Sean Bean lives. He doesn't die, right? Yeah, and he's made of bees. And he kneels to the bee queen, which is Mila Kunis. I mean, who is, who is also Cinderella. Like, that's what I like from the beginning. Like, poor Cinderella cleaning all these pots and pans, but she's actually an intergalactic queen. There's this crazy, like, DMV bureaucratic moment where she has to go get a bunch of papers signed. And it is the most ridiculous thing in the movie. And it is my favorite scene. I've watched it multiple times. Because it's so weird just watching this person with creatures everywhere. I mean, we're talking like Star Wars creatures and weird looking owl people. And she's like, oh, you got to get your paper signed and you got to get it stamped and all that stuff. And I uh, I loved I loved it. it. I did try to rewatch it, though, the other day, and I fell asleep within 15 minutes. I wanted to watch more, but I, I had, had a long day and it just wasn't going to happen for me. And I could tell immediately. Also, watching it in 3D is kind of fun unless your wife can't understand Eddie Redmayne. So then you put subtitles on. It messes with your head. So the subtitles are in your face the whole time? No, that's the problem. Everything else is. But then it's like sucked in for the for the words. (laughs) And it's like, this is so hard to watch. But again, visually, it's a stunning movie. It's gorgeous. I'll give it. You know, I'll give it another rewatch at some point here. Maybe, maybe now this will motivate me more to see it. And I remember liking a couple parts of it, couple. But overall, I just remember it was. I can't fault them for wanting to go big and grandiose, and you know, yeah. through the universe and all that. Like again, that's what they do. They I like what they try to do for sci-fi. I, I love that they keep be, keep being given money to make these sci-fi epics based just on the matrix. Like that makes me so happy. Yeah. And then I wanted, these are the kind of movies I want to see get made that don't get made anymore. You know, taking a risk, hard science fiction doesn't happen. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Did you ever watch census eight? <laughs> I watched a couple episodes. I, I've never seen any of it, but that's the only Wachowski thing I haven't seen. Well, it was the first time I saw a strap on like in an actual mainstream movie slash show. Oh, so that was interesting take on that and like i said when they, they don't leave any details out in that either I'll just say that. No, that speaking of strap-ons uh it reminds me how completely thrown off i was while watching the matrix reloaded and not realizing that it's like at the 25 minute mark that we get our first matrix orgy is That's that the such... merovingians place or no it's the it's it's morpheus is like we are scion Oh, let us bone. Well, I know. I didn't think that was. I thought that was more like a rave that turned maybe into an orgy after hours. It started as a rave. Let's not okay. be naive. They have to repopulate the earth, Jay. Well, they're yeah, living in mud, the core of the earth near the Earth's bunch of core. mud babies. They're living near the core of the earth. They got to work with what they got there. I mean, half those kids are probably conceived in like a pipe. I don't want that real world. Just give me the <laughs> fake world. I That's all I want. I'm fine. Yeah, can't they create like a fun matrix for the people like in Zion afterwards, like their own matrix? Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. You know, and and that's something that like I was just sort of bitter after the end of the Matrix three when like nothing's overly accomplished in that trilogy. Like they just start over again. 
they, he pretty much spoils that in the second movie. Like, well, yeah, it's, there's been six of these. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to keep happening. Like, like I guess, but I'm just saying they aren't. They weren't all killed that time. That time, yeah, at least, true. they made it until later on. The architect does it again. I mean, who knows? Maybe yeah, the architect I, will show up in the next one. Is that actor still alive? I don't know. Let me look real quick. I've never seen that guy in anything except I that. I, as far as I know, I've never seen him in anything except The Matrix Reloaded. His name's Helmet. First of all, German. Uh, yes, German. Wow, good, good for you. Did a handful nice. of homicide episodes back in the. 60s and 70s and he's still alive yeah yeah he could he could be in it oh man they could just bring him in and de-age him since they do that now for de niro and pacino they could just de-age oh, him yeah, Looks exactly always the same. A, it's always a dicey dicey process there i trust Sometimes, the wachowskis yeah i think they'd do it right do you think there will be an agent smith situation happening there's agent <laughs> but do you think like there'll be a wink nod to agent smith there has to be more than a couple I mean, he was such a huge part of those movies, obviously, you know. As I mean, the, he became the Matrix. Yeah, I mean, he was the basically the main antagonist of you know, all three movies. So, I don't know. They could have that actor. I think, I can't remember what the actor's name is, but he's the voice you of Christoph from Frozen. You know, he's going to be the new Agent Smith. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, he's going to reveal himself to be Agent Smith or something in a new, uh, you know, a new body, new alliteration or something. You know, one thing I noticed, too, is in the sequels, other than obviously the scene where there's a billion of him, um, he's not really in them that much. Like he's I mean, only in a few scenes, and then he kind of disappears for long periods of time. He does. I mean, when he takes over Bane's body or whatever, and yeah, transitions over, and then yeah, he's kind of just lurking in the background. I like the Wachowskis. I don't always in- love their movies, but they always give you something in them that I think you'll like. Yeah, Visually, I always find something to love. Yeah. Always. It's and I, I'm glad I am glad that I rewatched Cloud Atlas. So I did have a question about Cloud Atlas. Are so the the characters that have the same birthmark are they the same soul? I don't think they're the same soul. It's kind of like this reincarnation kind of thing that happens over and over again, where there's always going to be one of those one of these people, these special people, in every okay. time. At least that's how I looked at it. Yeah, I wasn't real sure. I'm like, I I, I know there's a connection with these people. But I couldn't, I, I was like, is that the same person as before? No, but, I think it kind of goes back to like the Wachowskis, I mean, in their interpretation of, you know, things happening over and over again, you know, history mm-hmm. repeating, you know, five different matrixes, five different, you know, people in different generational times. Yeah, that is kind of the same you know, thing. Unusual experiences happening over and over again. But it could also be the soul thing. It could be either one. And it's I'm excited. Interpretation. I, I'm excited that, uh, you know, I get to watch this at home and I'd rather be in a theater. I'd rather be watching it with you, but you know, can't make it happen. This could all just go away, just magically go away, and then we'll be at the theater. Somebody's taking their blue pill. <laughs> Took my blue pill this morning. It's fantastic. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.